Welcome to Story Chats at Inspire Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. I'm Valerie Comer. And uh, today we are actually talking about my latest release. Um, (laughs) So I'm on the hot seat, so I'm going to just turn that over. I don't know which of you decided they were going to take over, so, but somebody needs to. (laughs) Apparently, because your voice disappeared there for a sentence or two. So uh, let's hope that doesn't happen again. Or maybe that's your way of getting out of difficult questions that we might ask. Uh Uh-oh, you're on to me. (laughs) You're on to me. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's what the view is like from the director's chair. Uh, (laughs) Cooney is not going to last long here. She was already giving me the stinky cat eye here a minute ago. But... um, you guys all know how these interviews go. Now, Narelle and I have both read The Billionaire's Backup. I have read it twice because I got to read it as a beta reader a couple months ago, two, three, I don't know, a while back. And then I reread it this past week so that it would be fresh in my mind and um, and to think about it differently, think about it more as a reader than as a picky person looking for typos. <laughs> Anyway, so you guys all know how this goes. So Beth, over to you. Tell us about The Billionaire's Backup. Um, So The Billionaire's Backup is book four in the Billionaire Next Door series. And this is the story of um, Noah and Jenna. And um, I don't know how much information to give. Hopefully you guys know the series. If not, it's not necessary probably. Or just tell Um, us a bit about the trope and and how they know each other. So um, Noah and Jenna were friends and dated briefly in college um, and they made sort of a ha-ha if we're both single at 33 we'll just get married kind of thing. So love pact I think is technically what that's called but it's sort of a stupid name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh well. uh, but so it's, it is, it's friends to more. It's got their little college love pact that neither of them took seriously or did they. Um, and um, she is an architect and she enjoys doing renovation on the side. Um, and he bought this historic home in a previous book uh, that that was sort of half renovated and actually was sold because the people who owned it ran out of money to do the renovation that needed to happen. Um, so she is going to fix fix that up for him. And um, he's excited about the prospect of having to spend more time with her while she does that. <laughs> and that's, there you go. The rest is history. Well, not quite. <laughs> so you know that I have always loved your guys. And this has always been it might be the very first thing that drew me to your writing was your your groups of guy friends. Um, I love how they interact with each other. And I'm, I'm thankful that you continue to write groups of guy friends. <laughs> so this group of six friends is just as entertaining to me as any previous ones. And the, um, the whole premise of the Billionaire Next Door series um, circles around these six guys tell us a bit about the series and um and whether or not we can expect there might be a billionaire living next door next door to us <laughs> you never know but probably not <laughs> um so these guys all they uh were friends most of them were friends from college 
Um, and then they pulled other guys in as they did. So now there are six of them um, because I needed six because I like to write in six book series. <laughs> Me too. Um, so, and uh, Scott got this sort of crazy idea from uh, some social media that he would read about a stock market thing that some people were doing and how um, how some some guys had really made a lot of money and he worked out the math. And was like, if we all went in together, then we could end up with a little more than $2 billion each if, if everything went exactly perfectly. And even if it's not perfect, you know, it'd still be a lot of money. So um, after initial not being serious about it, they're like, all right, well, let's give it a whirl. So they did. And it's fiction land. So, of course, it worked perfectly. Of course. <laughs> and so now... Um, <laughs> So now they are the billionaire next door, you know, whereas they had all been early 30s, fairly settled in their career, just friends doing what they do. Um, and now they're trying to just sort of figure out life as billionaires. All right. I think it's over to me now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's this, I love this series. It's so fun. And I enjoyed reading the book as well. And so my question is, let's talk about Mitch, okay? okay? And <laughs> anyone who knows this podcast and knows Elizabeth Madry's writing will know that we are not talking about a love triangle. No. <laughs> <laughs> and Mitch is not a candidate to be competing for her um, attentions as a future husband by any stretch of the imagination. And I just wanted to talk a bit about Mitch and at the beginning of the story, because stuff happens in the story, we don't want to just give any spoilers away. So let's go back to the very beginning of the story mm -hmm. um, and potentially into the last book. Um, what's going on with Jenna and why is she hanging out with Mitch? Particularly when, I mean, one of the things that really struck me about him was that um, she calls it a situationship. Yeah. Which is so let we can we can unpack what a situation is, <laughs> but he also tries to get a drunk so that he can somehow sneak in sneak into her bedroom is yeah. the impression I got from that, and yeah. I absolutely detest people, and I'll say people doesn't matter if it's male or female mm -hmm. that get get people drunk for that reason. Like that's yeah. a real sort of oh, I get very grumpy when I read characters like that that don't get their just desserts. So yeah. let's talk about Mitch and how he fits into. Jenna's life and because it really sets up a lot of stuff that happens in the story so um in the previous books Jenna and Noah have this sort of um like and it and it sort of stems from the whole love pact idea too is like if you need a date for this thing and you can't find somebody or you don't want to take someone and give them like there's a movie where it's like you can't have a date on New Year's Eve if you haven't been dating X number of years. And I don't remember what movie it is because it sets expectations, right? So if you're in this like a new relationship and you don't want to take your girlfriend, you know, I'll be like your backup date. So they have this backup date thing going, but it's not a relationship. They just hang out. So um, Jenna has been sort of dating Mitch um, in the in the same sort of setup. <laughs> um <clears throat> And it's, he he sort of pursued her because he liked how they looked together. Uh, he's very shallow um, and superficial. He is designed to make you not like him. If you like Mitch, 
we should talk. (laughs) Is that not the truth? If you Uh, like it, this is not the book for you to read. (laughs) So um, he's very superficial and he just really liked the fact that Jenna's um, 6'3", 6'4", she's in there. She's very tall. Um, and he liked how they looked together. Um, he wouldn't have minded if she was a little shorter so that he could be a little taller, but, um, because then he thinks it would look even better. And she likes the attention to some degree. Um, but she feels sort of bad that she likes the attention. Cause I think deep down, she's always known that he's not the right kind of person, but he's fun. And he likes to do splashy things and he is always very complimentary to her. So since that's not something she's used to getting, she appreciates it and isn't sure that she wants to let go of it. And she doesn't have Hmm. anything better in the offing right now anyway. So she might as well kind of. Except she does. She has no, I mean, what? She doesn't know that. (laughs) I think what I loved about how Mitch's role in the story is he does get his just desserts, so yes. that's all sorted. We don't have to worry <laughs> about that. Um, but he really made Noah look good by comparison. I mean, because <laughs> Mitch is the one. Now. Noah yeah. would have looked good anyways, right? I mean, he's our hero. <laughs> but, I mean, Noah looked fabulous compared to Mitch, like seriously yeah. fabulous. And, I mean, um, Mitch is the one who's acting like the spoiled playboy billionaire, which I thought was really interesting. I don't know if that was intentional, but I really appreciated that as a reader. A a little, yeah. Yeah. And um, Noah was like steady as you go. I thought he was adorable. And he'd also, interestingly, where you've got one, on the one hand, you've got Mitch trying to get a drunk if he Mm -hmm. has any opportunity. On the other hand, you've got Noah who's like, well, I'm walking to your place to visit you because, you know, there's no way in the world if I had even a sip of wine that I would drive a motor vehicle. And I just love that about him. Like his mother had taught him the right way to do things and (laughs) I was very, very happy. So I was a big Team Noah fan from the get-go. Yay. (laughs) Part of of why Mitch is the way he is from the get-go is also because I don't love love of triangles. And so I didn't want anyone to get the idea that there might be one. Um, No, if it's by me, it is very, I've tried twice to try and have a love triangle and I just can't do it because I just I don't like it at all (laughs) we've talked about it before did we we even did an episode didn't we on love triangles yeah yeah so um so it's no surprise to anybody to know and they're super duper hard to write especially for those of us who write in dual point of view we're writing the hero and the heroine then what do we do do we write both heroes right one of which isn't really a hero or do we just go with the female point of view or just the male point of view if the love triangle goes the other direction right. um so sometimes just the choice of which guy we're writing or which girl is like oh well we know who where this we know, is going. right <laughs> and can i say how thankful i am that we don't go into mitch's head in this book <laughs> there's nothing there's there <laughs> I know. It's, <laughs> it's a very it is, it is scary, <laughs> scary, scary, scary place. Yeah. <laughs> okay, oh I goodness. think it's over to Valerie. It was fun seeing um, Jenna in the role of a construction and renovation expert. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just flips the um, 
with the typical on its mm -hmm. head. And you have done this before. I have. You've had uh, in the Peacock Hill series. So Jenna is the hands-on one. And Noah really isn't. There's a few times when he says, I can paint a wall, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah. that's really about the extent of it. So he's got a, a, a designer because that's mm -hmm. not Jenna. And, and so they kind of are all working together on this project. So tell us a bit about Jenna, about mm -hmm. her side gig why she needs a side gig and her nomadic life what in what went into her lifestyle and career choices unpack, unpack Jenna. Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> well um part part one of that is that I'm a pantser so um so sometimes they just evolve that way um you know, in my writing, it's about the only place Darwin has any, you know, leg to stand on when it comes to that. Um, but she is an architect, so she has degrees and she has formal training and she has a steady job, but she has um, also just sort of itchy feet as much as she enjoys the architecture aspect of things. She likes the construction aspect, too. Um and and just the whole picture going from from A to Z as opposed to the design's done and then you hand it off and you move on to the next, which is what most of her corporate life is. She's a lot less involved. So she mm -hmm. has the side gig because she enjoys that other aspect of it, but probably not to the point where she would want to do it for a living only. Like start, not, it's not start super, yeah, it's not super profitable the way that she wants to do it um so so that's part of it um she she does flip houses here and there she was looking at this house before Noah bought it um right. but there was no way she could have afforded it so that you know but she's she's been wanting to do a historic home for quite a while so she's excited about this option as well um <clears throat> Did I miss the question? I, I feel like I missed the question. I, I mean, she's and she's nomadic in that she doesn't have a, a permanent home of her own because her dream is to find something historic and wonderful and renovate it and then mm. live there. Um, but it's a it's a dream versus cash conflict that she keeps running into. So when she doesn't have a project that she's living in or flipping, she rents a room in a a friend's house. Hmm. And it's really sad. Like, I mean, I was reading her book and thinking she's like, I've got a million dollars and I could buy something for a million dollars. I'm thinking if D sees anything like Sydney or Melbourne or all these places in Australia, a million dollars is not going to get you a house in a lot of the good parts of the city. Like, no. it's just really scary, I think, how a million dollars just doesn't stretch far enough anymore. Even for someone who's an architect, yeah. having trouble to buy property, I think is a very real, I think that's very relatable as well. I think I think so yeah. too in that, especially yeah. in that 30, 30 something yeah. range where it's just it's just hard to get started anyway. Yeah. 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 So and she hard. could she could get something, you know, normal in an in a normal little neighborhood with, you know, 0.2 acres in your house in the middle of it and just enough yard that you could have a dog, but she doesn't she doesn't want that. She wants yeah. something with character. 
Yeah, and that's uh, that's like her, but that makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> so let's move on to Noah since we haven't really talked about him yet. And um, the Married by 33 marriage pack. So um, we've talked a lot about Jenna and sort of where she sits, but let's talk about where Noah sits with relationships, his background and why he hasn't forgotten this casual in college when we briefly dated let's get married at 33 thing. So Noah... I think is sort of driven by this idea that he should be doing more than he is um, in, in all of his life. Um, And so he's kind of coasting right now. Um, Hold on one second. I'm sorry. Um, He's coasting. And coasting and coasting. Sorry. (laughs) And cruising. Um, And, you know, so he has this job and he likes it because he does work for a nonprofit. And so he is helping people. But even then he feels like, you know, he sits in the major office of the nonprofit and pushes paper effectively. He's not actually doing things to help people. So he feels like, especially now with all the money, he ought to be doing more. Um, and, and, And the same sort of comes from his dating life or lack thereof as well. Um, one, one factor of that is he was much more serious about Jenna than, than she was with him. Um, but he also, you know, you gotta be kind of cool. Right. And so he doesn't want to be the one to say anything. And so he, he acts like, yeah, yeah, that was stupid. But inside he's like, or was it? (laughs) Um, right. And, Mm. and so that has also kept him, from really looking around because in his mind, he wants Jenna and he just has to sort of wait out the clock um, and possibly work up the nerve to, to do something about possibly. it. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so that's, Noah's just kind of in limbo and trying to figure out what he's supposed to be doing in almost every aspect of his life. Mm. Yeah. And you can see that with all the guy group interactions as well, that he's, it's, it's really interesting watching this series, how that the relationships in that group have changed. Yeah. I found that very intriguing. As the guys oh. drop out and get married. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how that changes things. Cause I mean, I think we see that a lot with female friendship groups in, in CCR, you'll watch those changes, but not necessarily so much in the guy group. So I thought that was very interesting. So if we, do we still have some time? How are yeah. we doing for time? Yeah, no, we're good. Okay, so let's talk about Old Town, which is the setting in the series. So I've never been to DC, but I really want to visit Old Town. <laughs> it sounds really um, fascinating and like a really interesting sort of neighbourhood and a sort of like a little slice of something nice in the middle of the city. So mm-hmm. if you'd like to give us a bit of background and we, we can go into other books in the series as well with this question. So Old Town Alexandria is um, across the river from DC. It's in Virginia. And um, it it has some parts of it that still have the original cobblestone streets. Oh, wow. um, it's got a lot of houses, townhomes uh, from the 17 and 1800s still there that people live in today. Um, the, the new construction, they do have some new construction where they've totally torn down if it was ramshackle, but generally what it new construction is maybe from the 40s or 50s. So um mm-hmm. So it's it's an older um, 
kind of has some cachet to it because it's right on the Potomac River. So um, it's it's a it's a fascinating dichotomy because there's the snooty part of Old Town, but then Alexandria itself that surrounds Old Town has some like desperately not wealthy <laughs> sections. Um, like the school where Austin and Kayla worked um, is one of the poorest schools in the area. Um, and it's one that is generally rife with a whole lot of gang activity. Um, and it's just not a great, it's not a great part of town. So you get the mixture then of, of the classes with very little in between. Um, because if you can afford to live in old town, then, you know, you're up there and <laughs> if you can't, then you're not, um, but Old Town, it, it still it draws a lot of tourists um, because there are historic homes that you can tour. Um, there is the um, Gadsby's Tavern, which is a it was a tavern in the days when George Washington was around, and so he ate there. And they serve traditional colonial fare um, on their menu, like peanut soup and all kinds of fun. Um, Steak and kidney pie. Well, no, <laughs> not British, <laughs> not, not British. <laughs> but, um, but that same sort of um, spoon bread and, and all of the, so if you don't want to make the trip down to Colonial Williamsburg, you can get little tastes of it here and there in, in Old Town. Um, mm. But it's, it's brick and cobblestone and then some like hip shopping and restaurants and bar areas and then these gorgeous waterfront water waterfront homes it's just a nice place to to go it's like a date night location <laughs> and it mm. sounds like they have some amazing restaurants they do yeah just mm. watching these people order in from here and there and everywhere i'm <laughs> like boy my my rural small town yeah. are mighty slim which is yeah. probably why we don't eat out a whole lot I can see that. Yeah, no, the restaurants in Old Town, um, most of the ones that I use in my books, if they're not truly a real restaurant, like Ada's is a real restaurant where Austin and Kayla went a lot in book two, um, they're loosely based on a real restaurant that it is either still there or was there, but COVID killed a lot of the really fun restaurants. They're coming back mm -hmm. now, but um, but it had a little bit of a hiccup. Mm. Yeah. No, it's a fascinating, a fascinating. The bookstore that they have as well in the series is fun too. I like the bookstore. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, components that carry through from book to book in the series. Uh, the mm -hmm. guys poker night, the girls getting together at the bookstore. And so there's a lot of um, interaction between mm -hmm. previous characters and the current ones, I guess you could say. Yeah. But don't let that stop you friends from jumping in um on this one if the premise just sounds really fun and you haven't read the previous ones I can almost but not quite guarantee that if you read this one you're going to want to go back to the first one which is fine but you can also enjoy this one um, and just get the, the feel of the comfort of knowing that there's you know a surrounding of this story um, in other ones mm. so so don't let it stop you from jumping in here, but I kind of figure you're probably going to want to go back and <laughs> loop, loop back to the beginning. Um, either way, but whatever you choose, kind of, kind of know that. Narelle, was there anything else that you uh, wanted to talk about today 
before we can um well i'll just i just have one comment for the aussies <laughs> so there's uh, there's a particular um scene in this book where noah ends up wearing budgie smugglers and you know when i say that the aussies are going to be there going huh how does that fit into a ccr and so um noah's he ends up having to do something related to diving and he has and he, underneath the wetsuit he has to wear fabric that is tight fitting and all the rest of it and that's what is known as a budgie smuggler in australia <laughs> oh my word <laughs> No, he's not parading around, whatever. But I did have Some a bit of a do. giggle. Yeah. I had a bit of a giggle when I read that because I thought, man, I understand why you're so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and every Aussie that reads this book is going to be laughing. <laughs> Yeah. But no, definitely the story stands alone. So definitely read this one. If you can read all of them, that's always the best way to go. And if you can read in order, I think that's also helpful. That's for Narelle. Narelle. That's, what did you yeah. say? Narelle. I said it. I'll say it again. If you can read in order, I think it's helpful with this series because there are things that unpack in a certain way, particularly with the dynamics of the the girls, the way the girls are being friend, the way the friendship circle works with the girls and the guys, there are things that unpack a certain way. So I would say read this one in order as opposed to jumping around. I just well. can't even believe you said that. <laughs> I do um, say I, that I, sometimes. I, I, you've kind of taken away whatever I was going to say next is gone because I'm just gobsmacked <laughs> over here. Uh, no, well, there okay, are some series that really stand alone. So, I mean, there are some series that really are like where it's like there are some series where some authors will write a series set in Old Town and Old Town is the connector in the series. Right, right. You know what I mean? Whereas there's a lot of people connections and when you've got people connections and things unfold in certain ways, sometimes it can be better to read those ones in order if you well, have a choice. I would agree with this one in particular, although I, I think you'd be okay, but I think you will understand Jenna better if you yes. at least yeah. understand from like she's the newcomer to the girls group um and that does factor from the into previous some book, of right one book sorry. back from she, one book back maybe i can't you know, remember she's exactly around in book two in book um, two too yeah but but she she's still sort of the newcomer at least in her mind <laughs> she's still <Right>. waiting <laughs> And testing it out. So um, so that definitely influences how she reacts in some situations to the the other girls who don't see her as a newcomer. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. So people forget that I said that bit about reading this as a standalone. Because if Morel says it has to be read in order, then I'm sorry, but we're going to have to go with reading oh. in order. Oh. And um, if you if you read in Kindle Unlimited, I know you can grab them there, at least for the time being. So if you want to do that. Um, Beth, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and where our listeners and fans can find you? Okay. So um, I am on Facebook elizabethmadry.com. I know, shocking. Everybody's on Facebook, um, although not anymore, really. Um, but my my website is elizabethmadry.com. It has all the other stuff. Um, mostly Facebook and Instagram are the social media that I pay someone to post things on. <laughs> all right, then. But I do interact, but I am so bad at making graphics that I finally just bit the bullet. And I'm like, I need help. 
peers. So I now hire those. That would be we as... all need to admit when we need help. <laughs> yes. Um, it's the same reason I stopped designing my own covers. It's that same lack of ability <laughs> to design anything. Um, and I think that's, I mean, that's me. And what's up next? What's up next in the series? Next is Wes's book. Um, it is The Billionaire's Teacher. Um, Wes is, he opened, he quit his corporate job and opened a scuba shop. And so um, in his book, he has gone to the Caribbean to um, make a sort of tour of all the dive sites that he wants to run trips to. And he, so we've got forced proximity on the yacht that he hired with the boat <gasps> driver, female, oh. female yacht driver. Um, so forced proximity as they go through the islands, uh, there will be a <clears throat> natural disaster resulting in some stranding together also. So um, I'm there, I'm there. Poor, is, poor them. <laughs> I know she is a good 10 years older than him. Um, so uh so there's some some age gap going on there as well. So I'm enjoying writing that. I'm about an eighth of the way in. I should be a lot further than I am, but life. So, but um, my goal is late August, early September for that. We'll see what happens, but that's my goal. Cool. Excellent. That I can't sounds wait. fun. Sounds oh. like a good time to take a tropical vacation. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to turn it back over to you, Beth, and let you outro <laughs> us because I'm sure that I will say it 89 ways wrong if I go for it because you're the pro. So okay. right. unless there's anything Narelle wanted to add before we go that way. No, I just go by and read this book. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we could have done this whole episode in like two minutes, but this is more fun. Just go read it. <laughs> just go read it. Take a word for it. And pre-order the next one. I can't wait to go to the, um, well, you say the Caribbean, we say the Caribbean. So there's a, a bit of a difference there, but that's yeah, okay. That's as okay. long as there's cricket, I'll go watch the cricket there and then I'm happy. There you go. This there is you the go. Same. However you pronounce it. However you pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We would love to know what you have to say. If you have any thoughts, questions, or comments, um, I'll be around to answer the comments because I'm there anyway. So if you have a question, hit me up. I'm happy to answer them. We uh, look forward to seeing you again next week. Um, if you are over on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell. And um, in the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.